Hello everybody! Should new vegans just get the food bit right first? You're listening to Vegan Talk with me, Kate. And me, Julie. And me, Anthony. Welcome everyone. This is Vegan Talk and today we're talking about new vegans and specifically, should they just be focusing on getting the food bit right first? Yes. Now, if you're new to our weekly show and deeper discussions are what you like, as well as our previous episodes of Vegan Talk, there's already lots of similar discussions out there on our previous joint episodes with the Vegan Week podcast. So if you go to any of the Vegan Week shows released between September and December 2023, if you skip to around 40 to 45 minutes in, you'll reach the part where we get to our focused discussion section. Yes, the title for each discussion matches the show title. So as you'll be able to see, we already have shows in the feed discussing whether children should be shown graphic animal agriculture footage, what to do when vegans go too far, the issue of veganism and pregnancy, as well as reviews of films and books. Okay, so let's get into today's discussion. Now, going vegan can be a big decision and a big shift for people. For many, the whole host of changes and shifts can be overwhelming. So, as something that we do three times a day, we're asking today whether the food element of veganism should be the priority for people who are new to the lifestyle. And what are your initial thoughts here? Well, I I think my initial thoughts are that just because most people do something. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's right or rather that the opposite is wrong. And I was I was thinking on my way home the other day, um, you know, we've we've looked at Veganuary's website and the fact that they are almost exclusively promoting the food element of things. There's as far as I can tell, there's basically very little emphasis on anything else. Um, And I can understand that. I can understand that from practical reasons and eating is something we do three times a day. So get that bit right first. I kind of understand that, but I kind of question myself and I asked my partner, like, what would you do if you met someone who said, I really am starting to come around to the idea of, you know, animal subjugation is wrong and, you know, we should be living with them, not them living for us. And and I, I want to cut out animal exploitation. So I want to make sure I'm not using them for entertainment, for cosmetics, anything like that. I'm going to do all of that first. And once I've done that, then I'm going to focus on the food. Like we, we, I think most of us would go, what, what are you talking about? Why are you doing it that way around? And I don't know if I could come up with a particularly compelling reason as to why that was wrong but but I think that's mainly because pretty much everyone does it the other way round or most people do but I don't know like the, the t- Kate Julie like have, have you met someone saying that like I just really want to nail these other bits first before I deal with the food like is there something intrinsically wrong with that does it have to be food first or No, I think probably people's reason for doing the food first is that the thing that's most visible and most obvious to people is animal slaughter. And for a lot of people, that slaughter for meat is something that most people do understand and know about. And they think that a lot of these other things like the leather industry and the wool industry are sort of 
fairly harmless byproducts and oh well you know it's it's not being killed for these things these are just you know kind of byproducts i think that might be the it's not true obviously we know that but yeah. i think that's what people are thinking I think that's the same argument that some people use for vegetarianism, isn't it? That, you know, they they erroneously think that um, animals are not killed for meat, milk or eggs. Um, they think, well, the chicken doesn't have to die to lay eggs. But, you know, they... I I didn't understand what was going on. I I I I was vegan for several years and didn't really understand what goes on in the dairy industries. Can I ask? So, Julie, like we we t- we spoke about veganery a couple of weeks ago on Vegan Talk, and that's very much get the food right first, or maybe that's all they really talk about. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm being unfair on veganery there because I I know there is information about other stuff in in their you know, they released a book a few years ago and it's it's not just about the food, but that that initial message is just about food, isn't it? Like do you do you think do you think that's wrong to do that? Do we need to be focusing broad, like straight away, early on? Like what's your view on it? Well, if you are only focusing on the food, you're not talking about veganism, as we've discussed. You're talking about a plant based or a vegan diet. And if you're clear that's all you're doing, that is sort of okay but what you are not getting to then is the root of the problem which is anthropocentrism so you're not challenging anything you're giving people a new diet but you're not giving them a new mindset about their relationship to animals and animal exploitation and animal abuse so if people could nail that bit everything would fall into place for them if they just decided that you know they would view animals in a different way and that they were not commodities and that we had no rights over their bodies and to use them for our own needs and gratification they wouldn't have to ask is this vegan is this not is this okay is because their moral compass would tell them if that was what their own morality said that these beings are our equals and we need to share the planet with them in a respectful and peaceful manner and not use and abuse them. From a moral point of view, I agree with you, but I'm wondering whether this emphasis on food first is a practical one in that we are eating several times a day. So kind of putting the focus on getting that right because because sometimes it does come down to practicalities, doesn't it? You know, even if we're trying our hardest to avoid animal exploitation, it can sometimes still happen, whether it's in car tires or or, or, or whatever. So I, I wonder whether kind of we need to focus on practicalities. I, I'm hearing what you're saying. Well, I think I'm hearing what you're saying in terms yeah. of a moral side of things. But yeah. practicalities do come into it. I think animal exploitation just comes into so many different aspects that concentrating on the food first perhaps is just a bit easier for people and and letting them get that under their belt. Um, And if they choose to look at other things too, like, for example, household products or something, then fine. I just think that because even even the food bit is sometimes pretty hard for people to get their head around because uh, even like you get so many different additives that have, uh, are not vegan and, you know, e-numbers of different things. Um, so, but we're all different, aren't we? Perhaps for some people... 
they can just do the whole thing. But for others, maybe they'll they just find it too mind blowing to attack everything all in one go. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, if that's the case, then fine ish. But once they're there, they are then new vegans. They are not new vegans while they're on the way. They are new vegans once they are in the mindset and doing the thing. Um, So, yes, I would agree with that. I think the caveats that I would like that person to be aware of and for the people around them to be aware of as well is that the detractors of veganism, and they're there big time, where the dominant paradigm in our culture is one of animals are here for our use and abuse, so the detractors are waiting for people to say, oh, we're vegan and trip up and fail and do things that, you know, drive about on leather car seats or whatever it is. And they're looking for proof that this isn't doable and that it's not desirable and that people don't manage it and that vegans are a bit stupid sometimes or whatever. And I don't want to give them any ammunition because I Ultimately, the animals and the cause suffers. So that's one thing. I think people have to just be careful about if they're not doing it the whole way, how they are explaining that to other people and what they're saying about it. Because complacency is contagious. Mm. It really is. If they make announcements that they are going vegan or that they are vegan and they say, well, it's okay, I'm just doing this today or I'm just doing a little bit of this or I'm whatever... Because we are the example to our friends and our family and if we've got them children, you know, whether we like it or not, we are an example to other people. And that is not a good example to say if we're trying to change the world um, and make it a better place for animals to be in. So we do have to have high standards, I think. We do. Can I interject there, though, Julie? Like, perfectionism is dangerous too isn't it and i completely agree with the ideal of what you're you're saying there and i think if you can look at yourself in the mirror and say i am trying my hardest and i've slipped up here or or whatever there i think it's a very harsh critic that says well that's not good enough and i don't think that's what you're talking about when you're talking about complacency we have to be aware of that too don't we well there's a difference between something still being in your home that you bought before you were vegan and you haven't quite got rid of it yet and actually going out and betting on horses or yes. paying to go to a circus with animals in or so you yeah. know what i mean there there are different degrees of going against the the principles I yeah think. i agree and uh, I mean, the Vegan Society says that we're all trying to do the best in a non-vegan world, which mm. is true, isn't it? I, I think when I was becoming vegan, I mean, I, I called myself a vegan, but I was still unaware of certain things. I think maybe what I might want to put in here is just that what people call themselves doesn't change things for the animals. Yeah, yeah. But what they buy and what they do does change things for the animals yeah so that's the sort of main bit really to be focusing on is what is the effect so you might ask the question well is it okay if i just this once buy a jumper with eight percent wool or just do this or just do that but the thing to suppose say to people nicely (laughs) is that 
when when you do these things, you are, you know, you are funding, supporting, condoning animal exploitation. There's no getting away from it. So the things that you do that are not vegan are that. It's there it is a one of these unusual situations in life that's binary. So and you wanted to to talk about wool. Maybe that's not where you're going now, Ant, but you want to say something, so please go ahead. No, I all I was gonna say was I I think what you've said there I completely agree with. And I wonder whether that's an argument for placing a focus on the food first quite heavily because in terms of and unless you work for a fashion company unless you have a job at an aquarium when you decide to go vegan actually the actions that you're making most frequently in that first month for example they're going to be food purchases by and large aren't they like i say unless you're buying four pairs of shoes every day so if your brain is the size where you can only absorb so much new information should that not be food information and get those purchases being animal exploitation free before kind of saying right now you need to think of clothes now you need to think of cosmetics and things like that if we're in a stage where we're saying i can only learn so much at once homing in on that i I wonder if that's actually an argument for that Maybe. I still think that the simplest argument and one that's the easiest to get your head around is that animals' bodies are just not ours to use and abuse unless we want to be that person who's a user and abuser. And I don't know how many people who do, but that's not difficult to learn. The sort of implementation of that as an idea might be a little more tricky, but those are the kind of things I would like people to focus on because that's where lasting change happens when people's minds change, not just their more superficial choices on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I th- I think it's the implementation that I'm thinking about when I'm saying like, you know, focus on this rather than that. I completely agree with you. Like veganism has the overarching principle that answers everything and covers everything. But in terms of the practical implementation and did you know that this product here, you, you could read a, a label of, of a piece of clothing and not know that a certain thing on there comes from an animal. I mean, call me stupid, please do. But like, I didn't know silk was an animal product for several years of being vegan. Now, I mean, my wardrobe's not particularly full of silk products. You might be surprised <laughs> to hear, but like, I just didn't know that. And maybe I'm completely idiotic and there's no one else in the world like that. But I think there's certain things where our education has to catch up and it needs time. Yeah, things like um, glues in shoes and stuff. So you may be thinking like, oh, I'm not buying those leather shoes, but there might be other animal derivatives in there which you're not aware of and you don't know what you don't know kind of thing so might have all good intentions but actually those shoes are still not vegan but you didn't know to think about the glues do you know what I mean Mm. that does apply to food as well though doesn't it I know labeling really helps but actually the convention of having ingredients lists on things does help but you can still have sprays on fruit that contain animal derivatives and, and, and things like and e numbers where we don't know where it comes from. So it that applies across the board, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Some additives are very confusing in that you get the same sort of additive, but you get a vegan version and then you get an animal derived version too, don't you? So you know, there is a lot to get your head round, really. So yeah, if you can if you feel like you've got sort of food under your belt if your intention is that you want to do the least harm to animals that you possibly can as a vegan then 
eventually you're going to get there, hopefully. Mm. Yeah, just I, I, I don't have a very big brain and I can only cope with so much at any one time. So <laughs> to progressively kind of learn more and more, starting with the food. I mean, that's how I did it, basically. Do we think that like we need to be a bit more flexible, though, as a movement in terms of understanding where people are at? In that, like, Kate, I think I'd say the same, like, yeah, food was the first thing in my head when I became vegan. But that that doesn't necessarily mean that should be the first thing for somebody else. Or I'm thinking if, you know, it's not inconceivable that there could be somebody who works in a zoo or works for a major fashion house or whatever, when they have a realisation of thinking, gosh, this is awful, I need to stop doing this. Well, if that's the case, then the biggest impact that your veganism or your change in philosophy in life will have won't necessarily be swapping your milk with your cereal in the morning. It's going to be, well, I need to quit my job or I need to completely change this part of my business. Mm. All right. Do do you know what I mean? So just kind of going down the route of like, oh, well, I'm vegan and therefore I need to download the veganuary meal planner and start eating more tofu and things. I think we need to be more flexible, don't we? But yeah, you're you're on your way then, but you're not a new vegan yet. You are not vegan. That is the, the sort of main point there, definitely. Come on, Julie, when are you vegan? When are you vegan? I want to know. You've mentioned it a couple times now. When your moral compass tells you that every decision that you are making about what you are buying, consuming, accepting, buying for other people has to pass the scrutiny of is this contributing to animal exploitation or is it not? Mm. It becomes an automatic thing eventually, but maybe to begin with it's a little more tricky, but it's not impossible to do. And Google things. Do you not think, though, perhaps, like you're wearing your vegan runner's top, Anthony, giving yourself the label is setting yourself the intention that I'm going to get there. I'm doing my best to get there now. Mm. I'm going to make a few mistakes on the way, but this is what I want. This is me now, and I'm going to do my best. And then just then starting with the food (laughs) and just bringing the other things in. As you, as you discover all these other different things. I don't know. What do you think? Well, as long as you do it as you discover them, but not in the knowledge that they are there and just going against it, if you see what I mean, because you, you don't know the full fact. So I know that Ant was thinking of speaking about wool and me at one point in the discussion because I am someone who has sheep in my life. And by coincidence, I was saying, I'm a member of PETA, And I was sent a video of um, footage from 25 sheep farms in England. And I hadn't bothered watching it because I thought, well, I know. I know they're rough. I know that sheep's legs get broken and it's horrific. But in advance of this, I thought, I I will. I'll I'll just, I don't need to, but I'm going to make myself watch that. It was so violent that I was howling, crying. And I am not an emotional crying person. And I was nearly sick. So now when people, it's, so I, I've been sort of sensitized now. So anybody coming at me saying, oh, well, do you know what? I'm just going to, just for this last time, I want to buy merino socks because I'm told that that's the only way to keep my foot. Do you know what I mean? That I feel sick now thinking about that. So I'm afraid I have been 
sensitised. And I wish everyone who says to me, oh, I'm, yes, I am buying Merino because it's so warm, but it's, it's from a non-mules cheap or whatever. I want to show them this video. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it's that acceptable for people to try and make it easy peasy and gentle and all the rest when animals are getting thrown around and mutilated and killed, you know, all over the world for our greed and whatever disregard for their well-being. So, yes, there's a if it's a means to an end and you have to be understanding about people and they're where they're at, but you need to face the fact that while they're getting their head around where they're at, you know, the most horrible things that you could hardly watch are going on. Mm. It's it's really hard, isn't it? Because it feels like what we're ending up discussing here, which is perfectly valid, is when to call yourself vegan and, and what it means. And that's, I guess, at the, the heart of it, isn't it? And what I'm hearing here is like, on the one hand, there is this absolute standard of what, what veganism means that actually if we water it down, there's a real danger. There's a real danger. It's, it stops meaning anything um, or what it means is reduced. And ultimately, the animals are the, the beings that suffer there. At the same time, I can understand why, as people who are identifying as vegan in a non-vegan world, why we want there to be as many vegans as possible. And then the temptation is to lower the bar, isn't it? Because we don't want to be lonely. We don't want to, to feel like we're, we're the only vegan in the village. And therefore, the temptation can be, no, come on, come on, you you can join in too. Don't worry if you make mistakes. And it's I'm not saying that we that we should be completely ridiculously draconian and say, you know, if a, if a morsel of milk passes your lips, then that's it, you know, public flogging or whatever. But like, the, I think they're the they're the different forces pulling, aren't they? Really? Because I I feel that I want everyone to be vegan, and the temptation therefore is to say. Yeah, I know. I know you still go to the zoo, and I know you still use this cosmetic or whatever. But you're, you're eating completely plant based, aren't you? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, well, the food's the main bit. The food's the main bits. That's fine. That's fine. You'll come round. You'll come round. And it's um, it's tempting. Maybe my brain is particularly special in that regard, and that's no one else feels that way. But I don't want everyone to be vegan. I don't care what people call themselves. I want animal exploitation to stop as soon as possible. Yeah. That's all I want. Yeah. And as much of it yeah. to stop even as soon yeah. as possible, regardless of whether people go about in vegan runner shirts or have little badges or join little clubs or have little pals that do the same, whatever. I just want the horrors that we inflict on animals to stop as soon as possible. I mean, more people need to see the horrible footage yeah. of all the different things that go on. But, you know, how how do we get people to see the footage, really, when they don't want to? They know they're we not going to like it. put our romantic comedy on in the cinema and wait till they're all sitting down waiting for it to start. And then they, we hit them with Peter's worst. There was genuinely, <laughs> uh, this was probably 10, 15 yeah. years ago now, there was um, something on a university campus in America where they, um, it was Halloween, and they said, you know, come in and watch the scariest movie um, you've ever seen. And um, and it was Earthlings. And I, I I think there was then in the lobby, once people had gone in, in the lobby, there were then people waiting for people to sort of walk out and be shocked and appalled and, and then to sort of, you know, put their arm around them and say, you know, I know that was shocking, but here's some more information, blah, blah, blah. I don't think it was completely as callous and, and mean-spirited as it, as it sounds, but... 
yeah, I I think it's a separate conversation as to whether it needs to be footage or not because I, I I can understand why sometimes footage can be off-putting, but it's it's people understanding the reality, isn't it? And yeah, for some people, seeing is believing, but I I do I probably believe there's other ways as well, not necessarily instead of, um, but that's it, isn't it? If I can ask a question, then I think that the reality is that for many people trying veganism or making the transition towards veganism whatever that is in their mind for some people a lot of people doing it all at once trying to do it all perfectly at once is too difficult whether it's because of practical things whether it's because of a lack of education and I don't say that in a snobby way like there's stuff that I'm learning all the time about <laughs> horrible ways we exploit animals and products that I thought were vegan that actually aren't there are people who it is too much to do everything right, quote unquote, everything vegan at once at the start. So what do we do about that? Do we need to do anything? It depends what they're doing. I think I think if they're actively purchasing and participating in something that's mm. clearly animal exploitation that they just don't feel they can give up for whatever reason, I do think that is open to challenge. But if... They are, we notice them doing something that they do not know, you know, is against the principles or involves animal misuse, abuse, whatever you want to call it, then, you know, that's different. I don't know. I don't want to put anybody off. I don't want to make this sound more difficult than it is. And I don't want to not celebrate any reduction in the demand for mm. products that are made from animals at all. And even if people do just the food part and stop there, um, as long as they don't confuse that with veganism, um, but, you know, there is a reduction in the demand, that's better than nothing. It's so hard, though, isn't it? Because, like, data shows that it is flexitarians or reducitarians or, or whatever you want to... For people who don't identify as vegan, it is their spending habits, because there's so many more of them, that are resulting in more plant-based products in mm. shops and and the reduction in things. I don't I don't think it's that they're eating more in general. They're they're, they're buying their steak and they're buying a Vivera steak as well. The the flexitarian mm. approach is actually reducing animal mm. consumption. But then that's that's really really watering down the ask, isn't it? But I mean that's why supermarkets, I guess, are placing similar products next to each other aren't they I mean I don't like I don't want to walk down the meat aisle and pick out a, a, a vegan burger that's next to a beef burger no way but in a sense taking that first step even if it's just as a flexitarian I say just as a flexitarian you're right I think they can make a massive difference it gets people beginning to shift out of the mindset of a meat eater perhaps and uh and and once they're starting on that journey then hopefully it's opening their mind to other possibilities and you know thinking about other aspects of of what they buy other other products that they might buy i mean even as far as electricity i mean a lot of people don't realize that your power provider may not be vegan and people are like what what do you mean vegan and, you know, they don't realise that so many kind of 
animal bits and pieces get put into the electricity supply that they're burnt and and turned into electricity. So, Ecotricity did that ad, didn't they? Yeah. Where it had like mints yeah. coming out of plug sockets mm, a few years ago. Powerful, yeah, I remember that. Wasn't it? You know, there are so many yeah. different nuances that, yeah, I think uh, it can be it can be a bit overwhelming for some people. Okay, let's start to bring things to a close. I want to. I want each of us to have a chance to ask answer the same question here. So, uh, Julie, I'm going to start with you. Same question for everyone, though. Somebody has just come up to you, uh, who you know reasonably well and said, I think I want to be vegan. I've watched some documentaries. I've, I've learned this, that, and the other. I've read this book. I want to be vegan. I do think I'm just going to focus on the food first, though, because I think that's going to be the, the the biggest thing for me to get my head around, and I'm, I'm eating three times a day, so I want to get that right first. What's your response to them going to be? You first, Julie. Um, it's going to be great. Fab, that is, you know, that's good news. I hope that it goes well and you stick with it. You are reducing demand. You are making a difference, whether you know it or not at this point, but you are. I hope it doesn't stop there. This isn't veganism that you're doing, but but if you do go further than this, it will be. But um, but good for you. And, you know, let me know if you want help or advice or, you know, anything. Cool. Kate, what are you doing? What are you saying? Well, I guess maybe it depends a little bit of who it is for a start. But yeah, I would applaud them and say, yeah, just do the food bit. But there are a whole load of other things as well. Go go and look at the Vegan Society or Viva, perhaps, to go and see some of the other issues. But as a vegan, you're part of the solution, not just for animals, also for like biodiversity loss as well. All the wild creatures, um, we're talking about the domestic creatures here, but you've got also got the wild creatures. So if everyone in the UK went plant-based, then we could give back 75% of the land back to wildlife and we could then start drawing down CO2. We've stopped producing all that methane from the animals and we can start reversing climate change which is not only good for us but is good for all the wild areas i mean of the wildlife in the world lives on marginal land and we want to if you're a if you're an environmentalist or a or a bird watcher or or you like to go whale watching you know you're helping those animals too so yeah so I just, that's what I would blather on about. So. <laughs> awesome. Okay, I would congratulate them and say that's brilliant news. Like, I'm really glad to hear that. I'd probably make some lame joke about having someone to share my tofu with now. I don't think I would say anything about anything else on that first instance. Maybe it's because I work with children and I, you know, I've been brought up in my academic education hearing about positive reinforcement and things like that I think I just want it to be completely positive on that first interaction however I'd make a mental note to you know unfinished business here and at some point fairly soon on after they've had a few days you know getting plant-based eating under their belt I'd maybe try and start a conversation with them saying so you mentioned when you started this journey about thinking that this was going to be, you know, the hardest bit. What what was it about it that you were thinking was particularly difficult or was going to be occupying so much of your time? 
or indeed what was it about non-food things that made you think you couldn't possibly do them both at the same time because actually very often our preconceptions and we've learned this from the going vegan series often people's preconceptions of things are not actually what turns out to be the case and people say oh it's much easier or i thought all my friends would be like this but actually they were like that because it may well be there's just this one thing about someone saying well i've got this pair of shoes you see um and they were gifted me 10 years ago and they're leather and i I don't think i could throw them out because my wife would be really disappointed in me or whatever and it could just be a tiny thing that's making them say so therefore i can't think about anything other than food all i think about is food because i can't solve this one thing so i'd yeah i'd want to have a conversation with them fairly soon afterwards but to start with i'd i'd just lay on the positive i feel like we're all sounding completely disingenuous oh i'd say when well done fantastic this is brilliant but but in our minds we're actually thinking hmm what can we do now anyway Good good chat, everyone. I really enjoyed that. Well, let's leave things there for now. So a question for all of you listening right now. What do you think? Should food be new vegans' priority? Does it matter what order things are eliminated? Or is it a case of all or nothing? And indeed, is there anything that we've missed in today's discussion? Yes, we love carrying on the discussion with all of you listening. Next month, we've got a listener mailbag show towards the end of Feb. So your comments and thoughts are especially welcome because uh, we need them. Otherwise, there won't be a show. Enough of the falafel at gmail.com is our email address. And we're on Insta, TikTok and Facebook at Enough of the Falafel. That's right. And while you're at it, we'd love to hear your views on next week's discussion topic where Ant and Julie will be reviewing the film The Next Girl. The short film is about 15 minutes long, looks very hard hitting and certainly will provoke a reaction in most who watch it. We've put a link in the show notes for everyone who wants to watch the film before we discuss it. Yes, the show will be in your podcast feed on Thursday, the 1st of February in the morning, UK time. Remember as well that our weekly news chat, Vegan Week, drops every Monday. And throughout Veganuary, our Going Vegan series drops three episodes a week on Wednesdays, Fridays and Sundays. Yes, and those Going Vegan shows are, of course, a brilliant resource for anyone you know who is doing Veganuary, as well as generally being fun listening for anyone who's gone through a vegan transition themselves. Right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you've liked the show, do share it with your friends. And if you haven't enjoyed it, why not share it with people you're not so fond of? We'll be back on Monday and all the vegan news and commentary on episode 34 of Vegan Week will be there. Until then... I've been Kate. She's been Julie. And he's been Anthony. And you've been listening to Vegan Talk from Enough of the Falafel. This show is kindly sponsored by our friends at Fire and Flow Coffee Roasters. And they're such great people. They're offering all Enough of the Falafel listeners a cheeky 10% off orders on their online store when using the code FALAFEL10. That's FALAFEL, the number 10. Fire and Flow, a specialty coffee roastery based in the Cotswold with a fully vegan coffee shop on site. Yeah, they're a vegan-founded company too. They're run by three friends, Shah, Callum and Phil, and they specialise in roasting and supplying wholesale coffee beans to coffee shops, 
restaurants, hotels and offices. For the wholesale part of their operations, they work with other businesses to help them get the most out of their coffee offering, with free barista training and full technical support included. The products themselves are the result of their passion for working with skilled and ethical-minded farmers who produce the highest quality beans. Fire and Flow then roast them to perfection in small batches at their roastery in Sirencester, which you can visit at any time, book onto one of their barista courses or roastery tours via their website, fireandflowcoffee.co.uk. While you're there, you can check out the beautiful Furley Vegan Coffee Shop on site. I've been there myself. It's absolutely brilliant. And it's open seven days a week from nine till three. The last time I went, it was a Sunday afternoon. It was glorious. It's just a fab place to hang out and feel good about life. Give them a follow on Instagram to get the latest at Fire and Flow Coffee. And for those online orders, remember the code exclusively for our brilliant Enough of the Falafel community. That is Falafel 10. 10 is 1 and 0. So Falafel 1 0.